Live, more or less, from Las Vegas, this is Good Sports. Good morning, buddy. What's happening? Mark Good Anthony, morning. Rick Rosen. Yes. Yeah, yes. it is a wonderful morning, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> the, the basketball and hockey seasons both ended within a day or two of each other. We're good. Um, That's good. Tiger Woods, yeah, Tiger Woods sucks still at the U.S. Open. You know, the guy had the perfect swing. He won this tournament by 15 strokes, which is unheard of. You know, I mean, that's, that's almost four per round. He spotted all the other greatest golfers in the world, and now he, he shot 80, and he's not going to make the cut. The, the leaders are at 65. He's 15 behind after one round. This is a guy who won this same tournament by 15. So, uh, you know, it wasn't broken. He went ahead and fixed it anyhow and had uh, t- Tigers. I've been a big supporter, and I've always thought, he's going to make it back. It's You know, it's just a question no. of time. Nope, nope, nope. I don't think so now. I think uh past of Tiger Woods winning a major championship and Unless nobody else showed up, um, he's he's toast. <laughs> it just ain't going to happen. You know that's that's what happens when you raise everybody else's game up. Guys yeah. had guys had to tighten up their stuff real quick because Tiger was making a mockery of golf, and golf owes him a great deal. Nobody watched when when Tiger was in a tournament. Every TV in America was on. When Tiger's not in a tournament, people are out golfing. They're not watching golf on TV. If they're golf fans, they're out there actually doing it. And now, right. you know, the, the youngsters, Roy McElroy and, and, and all the rest of them, raised their game because of Tiger Woods. And now, oh, my God, now the, the, the kids are beating the master and they're beating him up. And like I say, he's he's gone through several coaches. Uh, once he and uh, uh, Butch Haney broke up, uh, or Butch Harmon, I mean, broke up. Um, uh, that was it. The consistency to his game, and uh, you know, the talent is still there. Is just getting it out and down to the between the club and the golf ball. They're just not uh, all on the same page. So. Well, Tiger Woods is is it, it's it's tough to watch. It's like watching Joe Frick and Los Angeles Rams in the last year of his career, and John Unitas looking terrible, or Willie Mays falling down in the outfield when he was with the Mets. I mean, yeah, Tiger Woods isn't that old, but man, it's it's tough to watch him play. Do you, yeah. do you golf, Mark? No, no, I <laughs> I could. I could never get the ball past the windmill. That that's you know that's as far as I got. <laughs> I'm the same thing, and and they they get really pissed off at me when I want to put the ball on a tee. Yes, it's <laughs> what you're supposed to do, man. That's a, you know. So I don't know, but anyway, Tiger Woods is is having a real real tough time, and um, he's left golf better than he than it was when he found it. You know, yes. there'd been Arnie and Jack, and maybe Gary Player in there, and then there was a big gap. Until Tiger Woods came along, you know, we had Phil Mickelson, who's a, I don't know who Mickelson reminds me of. Here's another supremely talented individual who every once in a while just looks like you and me out there on the miniature golf course. And, you know, he's always been one of those frustrating guys. He plays left-handed, even though he's right-handed. 
because when he learned, he stood across from his dad to, to learn the game of golf. So dad was right-handed. So Phil learned the, 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 the golf game left-handed. Um, that has served him well. In some instances, golf courses are built for the 90% of the, of the population that is right-handed. And when you're left-handed, some of those things are much easier. Some of those holes are much easier to, to get through, you know, from the opposite side. So, uh, there have been some advantages, but it looks like the arrived in, in golf and, uh, you know, uh, the, the old guys. Now. It's tough to think of Tiger Woods as an old guy. I can still remember him at Stanford, you know, but uh, it's a big tournament. It's one of the it's one of the big four, but uh, it ain't Tiger's uh, Tiger's no more. Yeah. Speaking of guys getting old, <laughs> I don't know if the story's old. A-Rod a was a was a marvelous player. He was thought of in very, very similar terms to what LeBron James was when he was a kid. A-Rod played uh, high school baseball in, in, in Florida. I believe it was in Miami and was the wonder kind. He was big. He was quick. He had that amazing power. He had everything you could ask for. And then he got to the major leagues and was doing and Seattle, he left there. He signed that huge contract, uh, twenty-five million a year, I think it was for, you know, twenty-five years. What, whatever it was, it was ridiculous money, particularly at that time, and never been able to live up to the contract. And at some point in time, started relying on steroids. Obviously, he's under enough scrutiny now where I don't think he even uses the letters that are in steroids in, in any conversation. And still, he's one hit away from that magical 3,000. You know, in baseball, 2,000. If you get 2,000 hits in Major League Baseball, you're a stud. When you get 3,000, you're talking about the absolute elite. Uh, he just uh, he just tied or, or is the only other member with Hank Aaron of the 2,000 RBI club. And now he's going to have 3,000 hits, absolutely Hall of Fame numbers, but I don't believe he's going to make it no more than Roger Clemens is because of the taint of steroids. But what I just said makes sense to me. Roger Clemens was a pitcher. The pitchers were doing steroids. A-Rod, the hitters are doing steroids. So it doesn't give either one of it an advantage if they're both doing it, at least in my logic, Mark. But they're going to, they're, you know, A-Rod has been a marvelous player. When he went to the Yankees, Derek Jeter showed uh, incredible class in accommodating A-Rod and, and, and moving over and playing uh, uh, that he was uh, so comfortable at and then ended up winning World Series and, and, and doing those things that, uh, you know, they're supposed to to do they're the damned yankees and uh, a rod's been a big part of that but he's always always going to be tainted by this steroids thing and uh, i spoke to frank viola the uh pitching coach for the las vegas 51s and we talked about a rod and about pete rose and uh viola is the guy that said hey man if he just come clean if he just fessed up uh he'd have been all right the other players would have uh, would have which has happened. Uh, Mark McGuire's back in baseball. He's a hitting instructor with the Cardinals. Uh, certainly, Jake of steroids to play in some more World Series and, and extend his career. And, you know, he said, yep, I did it. I screwed up. I did it. Andy Pettit was a pitcher with the Yankees and got caught up in the Clemens thing. 
once he was done, the, the Yankees took him back. I mean, he kind of ratted out his buddy Clemens. And uh, not so much to rat him out, but he just told the freaking truth, yeah. which seemed like such a such an odd issue at the time, Mark. But anyway, that's what's going on in the sports that we're supposed to be playing in the summer. Uh, the NBA and certainly hockey is not supposed to be played in June, but it was. Congratulations to the Blackhawks, Chicago Blackhawks, three uh, three Stanley Cups in in six years. Yeah. Um, that's as close as we're going to see to a dynasty anymore. They've leveled the playing field so much with free agency and the the watering down of talent. You know, you hear people talk about the original six teams. They shared all the hockey talent in the world, or at least uh, uh, when they originated uh, the National Hockey League. Now there are 30-something teams, so you, you divide that talent by five. Now there is more talent. There is more people that have and come up, but certainly it's a watered-down overall product than what they had when there were only six teams. But um, the Blackhawks, the, with tremendous effort, the only time there was a difference of more than one goal in any was the final game, which ended up 2 nothing. So that was the only time that anybody ever had more than a one-goal lead in that entire series. So it was tremendous. If you're a black, I mean, if you're a hockey fan, it was great to watch the little the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, I mean, you just think of Tampa Bay. I don't think the first thing that comes to mind is, is hockey. But they play it very well. You know, they and I think they're going to be they're going to they're going to be in this deal again, and they're going to win their fair share of Stanley Cups and. And whatever they have a very talented team. Uh, they have a enormous goalie who uh, had some physical problems this year. It wasn't quite the the injury deal that the Cavaliers had to go through. But you know, this guy couldn't get. He's six seven, and he really couldn't regain his feet. I don't know if it was a groin issue or what, but obviously it was not. Uh, it, he was not at a hundred percent. And even though, <laughs> man, if you were an underbetter, this was the hockey series for you. Because they were all one nothing, two one, you know, they, they, there was yeah. nothing that was a, even an approach. So, uh, and uh, the Golden Shot, the Warriors <laughs> won the NBA championship over LeBron and the the, the remaining cadavers in uh, in Cleveland. I mean, it was LeBron and the seven dwarfs. You know, Timothy yeah. Mozgov was the second best player out there, the kid from Las Vegas that everybody was raving about, Tristan uh, Thompson. Got the ball under the basket in one of the most defining moments for me, at least, of the NBA Finals, <laughs> and it was, there was nobody around, and he kicked the ball back out and see the guy six ten, six eleven. Instead of just going up and sticking the ball in the basket, he threw the ball back out. And timidity will get you nothing in the world of sports. Uh, it's it's rare that the timid guys uh, win, and they didn't win. And uh, LeBron out of his contract, he signed a two year. <laughs> contract when he returned to Cleveland so he will be a free agent I don't believe he's going to leave Cleveland I think he's going to do the things that he believes are necessary including giving some of his millions from there you know he makes plenty of millions from other sources it's not just his <laughs> basketball contract but the endorsements and the things that he does yes. I don't think he cares about money he cares about winning and and what an amazing effort that he put out uh, with a very, very depleted roster of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And to, to, to think that they got to game six against the Warriors who were supremely coached by her. And uh, 
the the Cavaliers were not supremely coached by Dave Blatt, and uh, uh, I, I I think LeBron. There's big stories. Uh, yesterday's news held that ESPN reported what a, 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 a kind of a bad bad thing all the way around. The LeBron would change plays and not and do whatever the head coach said. Well, okay, but he's LeBron James. You know, I mean, he went back to Cleveland, not to not to listen to crap from a rookie coach that didn't make sense. LeBron's out there, and he's been out there for years and years, and he's held that championship trophy. So he kind of took it uh, uh, unto himself to make them uh, do what he thought was necessary, and they damn near pulled it off. Had he not, had he not blown the layup in that first in that first game, they would have been up three three one. And uh, I think they could have uh, they could have uh, by by Hooker man- manufactured one more win, but when it got evened up at two, um, you knew it was pretty much over. They they'd won their one that they needed to at Golden State, the franchise that's saying uh, they play in Oakland. It's Golden State. I don't think people in <laughs> Anaheim about Golden State Warriors. Um, uh, they don't really. They give a damn about the, about the Clippers or the Lakers at this point, and uh, uh, but uh, an NBA style basketball. Uh, the summer league is coming uh, to the Thomas yes. and Mac very soon. Uh, they're going to hold their NBA draft, and so we'll see all these youngsters their their first uh, dip of the. Yes, although guys that play at Kentucky, <laughs> eight of the, eight of them. So we're we're thinking that. A fair chance that maybe some of them have seen a dollar or two come their way, one way or the other. Uh, but uh, and I don't, I have no problem with that. I think the the athletes get screwed anyhow. But uh, that's coming very soon. And then USA basketball is coming for their annual sojourn here, a couple weeks in August, and that's going to be interesting. I don't think you'll see all the big stars, but you know, last time they were here, we saw Stephen Curry yes. and uh, the Splash Brothers and and. Uh, Clay Thompson and Kyrie Irving and the guys that were in the finals were, were playing on basketball USA and Irving was the most valuable player. But, uh, you know, I think Stephen Curry was, you, you sure make an argument that he was at best the third best guard in basketball USA's camp last year, certainly behind Kyrie Irving and, and Derek Rose, uh, uh, Rose has the uh, the injuries that have limited him, but man, um, I'd be hard pressed to think that he's not better than than, than Stephen Curry on a on a level playing field. And you know, uh the Warriors won it, so they 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 beat the teams that were in front of them. But Derrick Rose and the, the the Warriors really snuck past Chicago. Chicago, uh, uh, the Bulls should have beaten them, but did not. So. That left us with the Warriors as the somewhat unclassy, uh, as far as my I'm concerned, you know. I, and I don't think it's just the Warriors that mocking and the and the the mugging for the cameras and everything. Play, just play basketball. Let your game talk. You don't have to, you know, make the God. I I don't know what animal it looked like. Draymond Green was when he'd open his mouth and scream and holler. You're thinking, man, the lead in the Neanderthal. (laughs) You you didn't cure cancer. You know, you got a rebound. You you have not saved lives. You know, I I, I just can't imagine firemen coming out of a fire after putting the thing out and, and say, 
maybe a high five here or there, but I don't think that unsportsmanlike exuberance that they seem to, to, to show. Andre Iguodala's same thing. He kind of toned it down. I think somebody put a bug in his ear uh, for the last couple of games. They're in the middle of the uh, – I mean, it was just – it's tough for me to watch crap like that, Mark. Be enthused, you know. Okay, man, uh, do 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 something really functional. Don't don't just you know show show me something good other than bringing your kid to the press conference. Yes, he's a cute child, but nonetheless, Stephen Curry brings the, the the little girl to the to the press conferences, and she was, you know, there are sports writers sitting out there trying to do their job, and instead they're they're babysitting, and so yeah, as uh, compelling as it could have been. Compelling, but as as satisfying, I think, Mark, to watch the NBA Finals this year. So, I was kind of glad that the that it all ended. Uh, the, the Blackhawks <laughs> and the and the Tampa Bay Lightning could have played a a twenty one game series. I'd still watched all of them, but the NBA Finals it was just a it was just kind of an odd thing. You know, the the Cavaliers were so beat up. Kevin Love got his shoulder dislocated and ended his season in a very cheap shot deal and. The, the, then you you lose Kyrie Irving to the broken kneecap. He tried toughening it out and, and, and making it through. And then you look at and who's out there with LeBron? Hell, I heard of Delvadova until he had to step in and he he played a couple of great games. Once they had a little bit to, of time to figure out where his weaknesses were and what he could do, he was he was not a big factor in it. Um, uh, I think you will see LeBron re-sign with Cleveland. I think you will see David Blatt else. I don't think – I think if LeBron says, I'll sign, but you've got to fire this guy, a player coach. You know, Red Arbach Russell, the player coach of the Celtics, and his words were, nobody else can coach him. It's me, and I don't want to coach I don't want to coach anymore. So the only guy that can coach him is him other than me. So you may see that in Cleveland. It may be that, that retro – a player coach kind of thing and that's not necessarily a bad thing you know i mean it was kind of the as lebron was calling plays or vetoing plays or or audibling out of plays that that were coming in from the sideline and just saying yeah, yeah. we heard what you said here's what we're going to do so <laughs> uh you know kind of shed a little bit a little little bad light on lebron but i don't know if that's necessarily a true thing. I mean, it, you know, the guy who just wanted to win screw anybody out of anything other than let's just win. That's a stupid play. We're not going to do that. It's not going to work. Here's what's going to work. So, you know, this performance all the way around LeBron as a, as a member of the losing team got four of the 13 votes for most valuable player. Iguodala and Stephen Curry did not get one. And, the internet has been, you know, oh, the marvelous blah blah. I'm telling you right now, there's not a there's not a a, a, a team in the league that wouldn't take LeBron for their star. There's not one single team that would not accept LeBron in a straight up trade for one guy uh, on on any roster, and that certainly includes Stephen Curry. I I think there are plenty of teams that are just one LeBron James away from almost guaranteeing a championship, the San Antonio Spurs come to mind. Imagine him and Tim Duncan and Mano Ginobili and Tony Parker and, and, and the, and Vovich down in San Antonio, they'll get more rings. The, the guys that stick around and play, 
if you said, okay, we're going to trade Steph Curry for LeBron James straight up, the Warriors are going to be better and the Cavaliers may or may not make the playoffs, you know? So, um, Curry's not, uh, he's a tremendous ball player and a, and, a, and a nice guy and got a cute kid and all that. But team wise, they played, they played good old, you know, basketball, but, uh, Good old new basketball, man. Now they they kind of got it backwards in basketball. Um, if you if you shoot from three point land, nobody's really on you. Nobody can afford to cover you thirty feet from the basket as tight as they can when you're three feet from the basket. So it takes more effort to get in and and make a layup or a dunk than it does to shoot a three pointer. But you get the you get more points for being out there and not really doing much, but being having a good shot, playing oars. The other guys are playing basketball and beating each other up under the basket. So I, I wish they would make three points for a dunk and one point for, a, you know, like, like darts. The closer you get to the, to the bullseye, the more, the more points you get. But that's the system they're under. Um, yes. Major League Baseball, uh, you, you know, the All-Star Games coming up in, uh, in July. The Kansas City Royals, as it stands now, it now is online. And they, there is some importance in the game in that the home field advantage in in the World Series goes to the league that wins the All-Star game. I think that's asinine in that that's the only criteria for being the home, getting the home field advantage. They used to alternate American League one year, National League the next. Now it's whichever league wins the All-Star game wins the, the home field advantage in the World Series. They play, used to be the only time an American League team and a National League team played after spring training was in the World Series. Now they have interleague play that goes two or three times during the, during the course of the season. So you see the Yankees and the Dodgers play or, you know, in the regular season. Well, Major League Baseball has all these other games that are actually games that count in the standings that they could use and say, okay, whichever league has the best head-to-head advantage or percentage, winning percentage, that's one-third of it. If you win, if your league wins the All-Star game, okay, that's the other one-third of it. And then maybe uh, the consensus of the general managers or a flip of a coin or something to kind of break the ties if somebody doesn't win the two consecutive. But they they discount to give importance to a to an exhibition contest that the Kansas City fans have stuffed the ballot box eight of the nine position players if it were if the game were to be held today will be Kansas City Royals. And uh they do not have eight all-star caliber players on that team. They've got some very good players, but they've got the guy who with the worst batting uh, average in the major leagues and the worst on base percentage is going to be a starter for the American league. If things were to, were to go as they are right now. So kind of an odd deal. I think they could do a better job, you know, Ah, well, that's baseball. Uh, we're almost we're <laughs> almost halfway through. You know, some of the teams have had the June swoon. Uh, some teams got off to a hot start. <laughs> the Colorado Rockies come to mind. They got off to a really good start, and they hit the June swoon about the first week of May, and uh, <laughs> haven't been seen since. Um, their two stars, Bartulowitzki and uh, uh, 
Carlos Gonzalez uh, both may end up playing on other teams, uh, depending on what they can get for them. The Rock drafted a, a, a hot shot shortstop, even though they have Tulowitzki, they might be able to get some pitching help and whatever for him. Uh, people tend to overpay for talent when they're just that one player away from making the playoffs or getting over the over the top uh, to do that. So they tend to overpay just before the trade deadline to get that one player that they believe that's the guy that we are one away from winning the World Series for. So say only one team can be right <laughs> ever <laughs> when they when they do that. So you'll see five or six teams, you know, get rid of some of their top prospects and, and, and make somebody else else healthy pretty quick. Uh, the Houston Astros switched leagues. They've been, they were a National League franchise for 40-something years. Now they're in the American League, and they were the laughing stock just two or three years ago. But they held to their guns. They kept their young talent. They, they got them to come together kind of as a group through double A and, and and triple A. And now they're playing in the major leagues and they're playing at a, at a very good level. And uh, the, a couple of years ago, people would have laughed at you. If you said Houston Astros and world series champions in the same sentence. Yep. And now that's a, that's a distinct possibility. So, uh, no, uh, free agency has, has done fled. All these guys should send him flowers to his grave uh, because he's the guy that really opened the floodgates, as they say, by forcing the issue. Uh, baseball had the reserve clause. Even if you were unsigned, your rights still belonged to the team that that you had been under contract to. And uh, he, his career, he'd been a longtime St. Louis Cardinal, a very good player. And he said, that's not right. Why do I... Why my I don't have a contract. How do you own me? I don't have a contract with you. And uh, he was right. And so that that really opened the floodgates. Uh, a couple of pitchers, Andy Mister Smith, and I forget who the other one was, were the two guys that were the first uh, real uh, beneficiaries of the of free agency. And and now it's you know it's uh, whenever they make trades and all this, they have to think, well, how long is this guy signed for? And it's not just baseball, but I think baseball is probably the most uh, prevalent sport for free agents making such a big difference to any any one teams. So that's where they're at. Yeah, like I say, back to baseball. A Rod's going to get his three thousand. I'm all for him, man. Uh, you know, uh, God bless. He's fun to watch. It's fun to watch him hit that ball 450 feet at almost 40 years of age after spinning a year out of the sport. Um, you know, he's a good yeah. talent, and uh, you know you don't have to be a good guy to 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 be talented. Ty Cobb was an asshole and and a murderous <laughs> asshole, according to. But you know, um, he, everybody holds him in very high regard, and uh, so I think rightly or wrongly, uh, A Rod's going to get his three thousand and be an absolute top tier elite company numbers wise baseball depends so much on their numbers. People know that it's ninety feet between the bases, and it's. 60 feet, six inches from the rubber to the to home plate. And the only difference is the uh, the, the ballparks, the distance. That's really all they can adjust in baseball. And so they keep track of all these stats, RBIs and on-base percentage and batting average for the pitcher in that. No other sport is really that dependent on math uh, than baseball. But uh, once these numbers are reached, these milestones are reached, I mean, that's absolute 
top of the top of his territory uh, that a rod is is in or very soon to be in two thousand rbis only one of the guy that's ever played major league baseball two thousand rbis and that was hank Aaron and the hammer uh, i think there's only two other two or three other people and hits i mean that that's a that's a testament to your longevity and your ability in the whole shooting match and People are going to discount that. Okay, take away for the for the hits, which he might not have gotten with steroids, and I think that would be way too many. He still got two thousand hits, which is the guarantees you to get into the Hall of Fame. So, uh, anyway, that's where they're at. Couple things, Mark, uh, coming up uh, on June twenty seventh at the Thomas and Mac for our listeners. If you want to go to the to the fights, it's free. You got to pick up your tickets, and you can get them at unlvtickets.com. Whatever the jingle is, you sing it, man. I'll yeah. talk. You sing. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> Tickets.com. Anyway, they're free. And uh, why is uh, this important? They're, they're going to. Uh, well, Barry Meyer, the founder, uh, a couple of years ago, took his own life, and this uh, this event is is in honor of Barry. Uh, Jeff Meyer has gone way out of his way to make it. Uh, Barry Meyer is tough enough. And, and include his brother, Barry. Jeff, uh, you know, some people are greatness thrust upon them. And Jeff certainly has uh, has done a lot more than I think a lot of people thought he was capable of doing. And, and done it with uh, with quite a bit of, of, of class to, to keep this niche thing going, which is amateur MMA. Anybody can, you know, be bad and, and, and throw off their stuff in the UFC. But how did you get there? Uh, yeah. Tough enough is basically the Golden Gloves boxing is to boxing, pro boxing. Uh, tough enough is to to MMA. The pro is in MMA, and uh, um, they've done a great job. They're, it's free. How do you f up free? <laughs> it's free. Thomas and Mac, June twenty seventh. Great fights last year. Fifteen thousand some odd people. They would certainly like to to beat that record. And there's no reason to not it's nice and cool in there they're going to be great fights and uh the whatever benefits there are it's going to uh, to be to uh, promote suicide prevention and those people are going to be there and there are a lot of sponsors a job going out in the corporate world and and talking to these people and convincing them that this is part of so uh, i certainly think i applaud that and i'm i believe you do too mark uh, uh the the whole organization is doing a good thing for these kids well, um, Wednesday when when we were with the uh, with the Vegas Lions on on their show, Jeff was on there, Jeff Meyer, and yeah. you know, and, and that's the first time I really got to meet him and talk to him, and to see what you know what he's done with the organization since his since his brother Pat passed on, but more on how that suicide had had impacted him, and. Yeah, and the other guest there was kind of a, um, I don't, you know, it was just just this this open emotional thing. This event is is gaining a lot of popularity. This uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Pat deal. Uh, the other young man was there. I believe his name was was Jeff. Also, if I'm not mistaken, Mark, and he came from the Boys and Girls Club, right? And yep. both tough enough and. And they're very big on community and doing those things that benefit the community and keep kids off the streets and doing something 
positive, whether it's beating the crap out of each other inside the, uh, the, the hexagon. Um, they call it the octagon, but it's not really. It's only six sides, so that, I believe, makes it a hexagon. And uh, um, the uh, the other is that uh, the Vegas Lions uh, are very on doing those types of things, and I'm, I'm kind of proud that I put the two of them together, and they formed yeah. this bond that, uh, you know, the, the we, we go to the fights, uh, the Vegas Lions go to the fights, and, and hopefully the MMA crowd comes out to the Vegas Lions football games this fall. So it is, uh, they're all very interested sitting back and uh god knows bill bill miller and jeff belknap are not making any money with the vegas lions <laughs> but they're still in there for the for the long haul they're going to put a they're going to put on a combine i believe towards the very end of july yes. when you know it'll be nice and cool and um, <laughs> they're going to get these guys out there and and have some scouts and uh you know they're going to put them through their paces and, and guys go on only a few of the guys go go on Facebook, and we're talking about is anybody who who's who's all ready, who's all trying, who's all working out, and, and my my response was the correct answer is anybody that wants to be a line and better be working out now because if you wait till fall, which guys in football have been famous for doing, yep. you got in shape at camp. It ain't that way anymore. There's gyms and there's all these things available. You better be in shape when you come because you're going against somebody who is in shape. And if you're getting in shape while somebody else is already in good shape, you're at a distinct disadvantage and you're not going to make the team. So, you know, right. guys better be working on their cardio. You know, there there are no days off. There's not much time between seasons. Yeah. October, you know that the, the retail outlets are already getting in and, and, and finding room for all their fall stuff. No, and uh, that's October. That's when basketball starts again. That's when hockey starts again, and and now we have all these things in between. So there's most all the sports are twelve month sports. You look at uh, at boxing and and teams without an actual season or or sports without an actual season. There you you can't afford to take much time off because somebody else oh. is going to pass you and take your place in line. And when you have to get in the back of the line, man, you're screwed. Uh, now you've got to work your way all the way back up. Boxing's got a big event uh, coming up this weekend. Adrian Broner uh, uh, is going to defend his title, uh, I believe, or the MGM Grand or whatever the. One of those two places, um, and, and it's going to be on free TV on NBC. And uh, uh, you know, boxing—they—they they had a chance to cash in on Pacquiao and Mayweather. And as I from this very location, the fight's going to suck. Mayweather fights suck because people expect to watch a fight. What they get instead is a tremendous boxing lesson. They see boxing at its best and fights at a next to nothing. You know, Mark, uh -huh. you and I have hit each other often as <laughs> much as those two we hit each other and done more damage accidentally, you know, uh, saying cheers with our beers yes. than was actually produced from that fight. So um, it's, just, uh, it's just kind of a, a, a tough position the boxing finds itself in they're looking for that next superstar and until the 2016 olympics happen and and hopefully our our united states squad uh can show it, uh, and and produce some gold medals translates to activity for boxing or, or or good interest in boxing uh they're really really scratching scraping for every little bit of good press 
and uh, uh, digits. You're going to see him in a in a walker with with effed up. He's 84 years old. Bob Arum's in his 80s, and mm-hmm. those are the two giants that really have. You, you look back without Bob Arum and Don King, man, boxing would have already died. And I don't see anybody taking their place. Oscar De La Hoya has Golden Boy. You know, uh, we lost uh, Mr. Goosen. Uh, uh, there's just there's just nobody that you seems to pick up boxing and carry it on their shoulders, uh, talent wise in the ring. There's some good talent out there, but I think boxing is losing a lot of their talent to other sports, particularly. MMA, uh, and that leads us back to Tough Enough. They now have that grassroots. They now have that minor league, that developmental process that they didn't have maybe 10 years ago. Guys came from wrestling into MMA or came from jiu-jitsu into MMA. Uh, they, they did not have the complete game. Now, you know, my God, uh, Las Vegas enter of MMA now, so kids have a chance to develop their overall rather than just have one part and have to add the other two. They work on all three real distinct parts of mixed martial arts. Uh, you have the striking, the boxing part. You have the wrestling part and, 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 and the, and the jujitsu. And, uh, you know, you, you put all those things together when you have to do them separately and pick up something late, you're never as, as it is when it's just part of the overall thing. So, um, you know, boxing uh, boxing has some dark clouds on the horizon, and uh, I don't see I haven't seen any proof that anybody's doing anything in a real positive uh, manner to to change that, uh, Mark. So, you know, do you watch boxing? Did you watch the Mayweather uh, Pacquiao fight, no. or did you give a damn no. about it? No, I didn't. No, did, I didn't. did you hear about it? You didn't miss a thing. See, see here, um, several years ago, they had a thing down in Prim where it was boxing and MMA, okay? Right. I think somebody from Mexico was was uh, doing it because they had the El Halambro guys with the masks on. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Lucha no. Libre. That's it. That's it. And, and I'd never seen MMA before. I'd never seen mixed martial arts and we were there as media. And so, you know, we're in the front row there. Okay. Got to see boxing and then MMA or, you know, the mixed martial arts part just sucked me right in. Yeah. I, you know, and this boxing thing, I just kind of went, yeah, whatever. And it was the same thing with the rest of the media. When, when, you know, they went back and forth. They had a boxing bout, and then they had a mixed martial art bout, and then they had a boxing bout. The media people were like off on coffee break during 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 the boxing. Yeah. So yeah, boxing's got a uh, they got some problems. I always draw this parallel, Mark. I used to be a big rodeo fan until I went to the PBR. Exactly. <laughs> Pro Bowl Riders is where it's at, and yes. I I am bored to death. To the next finals rodeo, not to take anything away no. from the very skilled athletes that do calf roping and team roping and 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 steer wrestling and uh, and barrel racing and all the other things that go in. Uh, but the rough stock is where it's at. You watch the the bareback guys on the horses, the saddle bronc guys are up there for ten seconds, and you're waiting and waiting, waiting for the bulls to come out. That's why I don't think very end. many people in that Thomas and Matt go to watch how. Fa- 
and deer by the horns and the back hooves. I mean, it's it's just not as compelling. So once you see the PBR, there's more than 10 of them or 12 of them at one time. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, Tuff Hedeman was one of my most favorite bull riders. First of all, he was uh, roommates and, and traveling mates with Lane Frost, who was right. – by far and away, the Michael Jordan smile of of the bull riding of rodeo at the time, and who was unfortunately killed. Uh, Lane Frost story is a very very sad. Uh, uh, um, it, it, Tough Hedeman was that appropriately named dude, and uh, uh, the yellow whale got him bodacious, uh, got him in the face with the top of his head, and rearranged all of Tough Hedeman's face. And uh, smacked him again, and he drew he drew bodacious in one of those. And God must have a very, very weird sense of humor. And Tuff Hedeman drew bodacious at the national finals rodeo and turned him out. He 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 could not ride that bull again, and and uh, the stock contractor that owned him hired him. He he learned how to hurt cowboys he learned how to jerk them down and pull that head back and this was a about a 22 uh animal and that's there was it was just no no comparison so now tough hedeman instead of being part of the pbr has championship bull riding and we watch them at the uh at the the south point point, and uh honestly mark that you know the the efforts there from the from the riders but the stock just is is not anywhere near you see one or two bulls that might be in the okay we're gonna we're gonna ride this bull tonight because <laughs> the mean boys are on tomorrow night we know ain't none of us gonna ride none of them and uh that's just how it is and and the the bulls that are in this championship bull riding are just not near uh, the talent that we see on a daily basis at, at the Pro Bowl Riders. So, it, it like I say, uh, the PBR kind of uh, took me from a rodeo fan to just being a bull riding fan. Mixed martial arts has taken me from being a boxer. Really? That's all you're going to do is hit him with your, your gloves? You're not going to kick him in the nuts? You're not, <laughs> not going to choke him unconscious or twist his arm in, in ways that would make a pretzel proud? So, um uh, that's that's just where we are there, Mark. And uh, the PBR, of course, comes in uh, in in late October here uh, at the Thomas and Mac, I believe. Still, uh, I hope they always yep. remain there. I, I I don't. I'm not a big fan of them going to anyone because I think it leaves a lot of people out. But uh, uh, by the what way, Mark, I don't want to go very much further. I want to go very very much further without talking about what happened in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, uh, nine people lost their lives in a racial shooting, uh, religion had nothing to do with it. Uh, that was just where there, there was a whole group of black people that this, uh, uh, incredibly evil young man. Um, and I, I, I almost spit when I say man, uh, mm. about, about these people that do such despicable things that that's not any kind of man. Uh, he's still a boy and will always be a boy until he gets to prison. And I hope he's everybody's bitch, but, in the meantime, there's nine families that are going to have funerals of people that are having a prayer meeting that they welcome this young man into. You asked me about the box I'm holding, Mark. It is a racial thing. It is a, it's a, it's a unexplainable, my 
God, is, is that where we are in humanity? You know, we can cheer for them. We we can cheer for them when they're when they're out there on the playing field. They're they're Vikings or they're Rockies or they're Dodgers or they're Raiders or they're whatever in the church when they're in our community. They ain't nothing but niggas, and we're going to and not feel any remorse about it. And and uh, it, it's a it's a wrong, and I don't know if we'll ever if we'll ever get back to, or get to where we need to be. So I am holding a Wheaties box. I'm, I'm holding a Wheaties box, Mark, that's uh, from the 75th commemorative year of the Negro Leagues. And uh, on, the, on the cover, Josh Gibson, Satchel Paige, Cool Papa Bell. And I don't know if there's a better representation of the Negro You know, if you're a sports fan, you just think, where would we be? Americans, and uh, you know, I'm not even comfortable with that term, Mark. We're all Americans, and if we put American first, I think we'd be better off. You know, my folks were such come from such diver- divergent cultures. My dad was a Russian Jew, my mother was an Irish Protestant, and people will ask me, "What are you?" and I say, "American," and they look like, "What the hell's that?" Yeah. American, what? American. Just say, you know what, that's what we're supposed to be. And so when people say I'm Italian-American, an American whose people came from Italy as far back as you traced. But I don't think civil is, I don't think the Garden of Eden was right there next to the Vatican. You know, it was somewhere, but I don't think it was in Italy. And it certainly couldn't be if you say, well, I'm a Mexican-American. No, if you're here and you're a citizen, you're an American. Who, whose folks came from Mexico as far as you can trace back, but... Um, you look at the Negro Leagues, they came about because these guys were not allowed into Major League Baseball. Satchel paid 80 years old when he finally got to play in the Major Leagues with the Indians and was still a very viable pitcher. If you've ever heard the Satchel Page story, when he was a kid, he used to put a matchbook on the, on the ground, pace off the 60 feet, 6 inches, and be able to hit it with his curveball. In other words, not throwing in a straight line and hitting the damn thing, making the ball go where that matchbook was, and he could hit it over and over and over. Josh Gibson was a man who hit baseballs further than most anybody ever has. I believe that they would home run records had Josh Gibson got a chance to play Major League Baseball for the entirety of his career, and James Cool Papa Bell was certainly as fast as any individuals who ever played baseball. They they used to say Cool Papa Bell could turn off the lights and get in bed before it got dark, and that's a that's one of them cool descriptions of just how talented somebody was. But this is this is from the Negro Leagues, and uh, um. It's unfortunate that America had to, this is after World War II. This is after World War One. This is after the Civil War. You know, the, our our military cemeteries are full of of graves where when you walk past them, it doesn't say, "Well, his life wasn't quite as good as our lives because he well, that death doesn't count as much." No, he, he was a human being, and I, I, I'm one of those who believes, Mark. There's only one race. It's the human race, and there's only one father, and that's our heavenly father. I didn't 
that I heard it. And I think it makes as much sense as anything I've ever heard. The color of our skin is where we delineate or where you were born or where your parents were born is where we decide to make this line of demarcation that gives us uh, some some birthright that you don't get just because you were born across the border or born darker than I am or lighter than I am or yellower than I am or whatever it is. So, um, you know, this incredible amount of racism in our everyday lives, Mark, and I hope I live long of it, long enough to see it eliminated. You know, we have a black president who people still read, well, the first black president, yeah, he just another president, you know, all, all things considered, good, bad, or indifferent, um, you know, I, with with what he's had to go through, man, I, it may be a long time for we see another black man who's really legitimately wants to be president and is electable. Uh, it just, you know, really? I, I got better things to do with my time in my life than be put through the grinder that he has been, and some of it's his own cause, you know, own doing, and some of it has been unfair treatment, I think if you were treated like that in your job, well, you weren't very damn productive. Well, yeah, every time I turned around, somebody was screwing me or screwing with me. You know, okay. So anyway, I guess that's the little bit. Uh, Obama did come out yesterday and say what everybody's been thinking now that he doesn't have to run for election anymore. He said, we've got too many damn guns and other civilized societies don't have the gun violence that we have. Why? Because uh, everybody has guns. I don't know if we'll be able to put that lid back on that, uh, uh, that can of worms anytime soon, Mark, but yeah, so we're going to have to arm us yeah. all. And let's just, just keep the under uh, people say, well, I want a gun for self-defense. Really? More kids get by guns that they find and accidentally shoot themselves or a sibling or a neighbor or something like that, then all the self-defense people, I shot a burglar coming through my back door or whatever, all those combined over, over a decade don't equal what we lose in kids to accidental gunfire every single year. So I don't know if there's an easy fix, but at least, you know, you've got to give Obama credit. He said it, and maybe now he's got the opportunity to say it. And Congress has the balls to do anything about it. And I do that anybody's come up with a workable plan, or if there is a workable plan out there, Mark, to, to put the lid on that deal. But honest to God. Hey, Chicago yeah, has no guns allowed, and they... And they have the highest murder rate by guns. So don't go down that road, yeah. Rick. Do not go down well, that no, road. No, no, no. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is, bad guys have the guns. Yeah, it's not an easy fix. It's not just take away the guns from the good people. If you, you know, if you took away my shotgun that I have in my room, in case some dumb sob breaks into my house, I'm going to blow twelve gauge. Okay, that's my plan. But you know what? When I'm all depressed and everything, I also could stick the goddamn thing in my mouth and pull the trigger one time. And and, and it's 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 the availability of guns to everybody. This kid that did this this despicable massacre at a church got the gun for his 21st birthday and from his dad. And the dad knew the kid was a racist. The dad knew the kid had talked about violence towards blacks, towards you know, other human beings and still had the, 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 the good sense to buy him a gun for, for his birthday. So, 
you know, again, give give everybody guns and let's just let the survivors start a new civilization, I guess. Okay. You know, uh, they say Colonel Colt settled the West. Yeah, all right. Uh, guns have their place, Mark, and I'm not anti-gun. I'm anti-murder, man. I'm, an- I'm anti-violence, you know. If I want to see violence, I'll go to the fights or I'll go to a football game or, you know, something. Uh, there's, there's got to be a we're ever going to embrace it. So, you know, um, guns guns have been around for a long time man the only thing that we've really steadily improved upon civilization wise um is our ability to to kill each other more uh, efficiently you know we started with rocks and then and then somebody said well if i sharpen this stick maybe i can poke a hole in you and let all that red stuff out and that seems to slow people down until they die and then then somebody said well i can put this i can put that sharp thing on the end of a pole and look i can stab you from over here and you can't do nothing to me and so it, it progressed until they they said gunpowder hey i bet it'll make this rock re- go really fast and if i point it at you it's gonna put a hole in you so you know does you see the guys with the muskets tamping them down and holy shit here he comes and he's off a shot now they people people walking around in the streets that are i'm on the bus with have guns that will squeeze off that nine shots in a second you know, up, 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 and it's over, and 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 nine shots, and 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 and, and it's indiscriminate, and it's a, it, it's a tragedy, Mark. I don't think there's, I don't see any. Do you, do, what, what would you say is a solution? I know you're pro gun, but you don't have guns to 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 to, to kill people. You say you have them for self defense, you know. But, but but now you're with a young lady who has who has grandkids. And, uh, you know, to, uh, what, what steps do you take when you're around those kids to might have as safe as, you know, I mean, it's almost like, hey, I have this great car. I'm going to park it in the garage and not put any gas in it, but, but I do own a car, you know. So to me, it's a, it, it's a tough deal. What's your, okay. uh, what's your okay. thoughts on guns to keep them from killing people? Again, it's guns, guns don't kill people. Okay, let's just, okay, when I went to school, oh, come on. Come hunting season, kids brought their guns into school and kept them in the locker. We had more guns in our lockers than 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 our police force had. Did we shoot up the school? Did we shoot up the church? No, because we knew if we did, we're going to go home and our dad's going to beat the living shit out of us. You know, well, we were taught to respect life. Yeah, we we had different. Different uh, respect for life than I think you see now, Mark. Uh, I, I, you know, civilization certainly has taken a step in the wrong direction as far as I'm concerned. With our, you know, you see people. I, I watched the, the caught on tape or caught on camera uh, on, on cable TV the other day, and this guy was he walked over from a group of five or six youngsters, probably in their late teens, early twenties. He walked around the corner, this 94-year-old man uh, who is a veteran, a World War II veteran, was getting into his car after shopping. And this kid went to carjack him while his friend, his friend there and watched this guy beat this 94-year-old man down to the ground. Nobody came to stop this guy and say he's had enough. I've done that to my friends in fights. Okay, the fight's over. 
that fight right there is over. Your fight with my with me is next, but you're not going to hit that guy anymore. He's had enough. Nobody had the the decency to do that for this man, yeah. and and they got in their car and drove off like, like who, who, care, who cares? And you know we care, but we care when it, when it's on the front pages, but. Then it loses its, you know, I was watching the comedy shows. I watched Comedy Central. And uh, uh, John Stewart couldn't do comedy last night because of the shooting in, in Charleston. And, and the, 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 the show that followed, they had a roundtable about it. And they couldn't do comedy. And, and you're thinking, oh, my God, they've, what fun is left to us when all we can really do is murder each other or fear people that would murder us? I have to have a gun not because I want a gun. I have to have it because that's what the other guy has. And that's where we're at, you know? I, I mean... It just uh, use them, use them to hunt. But honest to God, Mark, if they just if they just took the automatic guns out of circulation, you know. And I think we're going to get to the point where we say, okay, if you do something with a gun, if you're carrying a gun, an illegal gun, you're going to prison for the rest of your life. No appeal, no bullshit, no nothing. If you pull the trigger, you're forfeiting your life not not only are you going to live in prison you're not going to do that you're going to die and you know if, if we do that maybe they can get it under control but honest to god it, it, between drugs and and ego our prisons are full absolutely full of people that are there and, and those things go hand in hand how do you protect your illegal stuff al capone figured hey let's have machine guns let's and uh, you know it's not a it's not a new phenomenon, but it's a it's a terrible twist that we've taken as a society. And you, you look, and I mean, when it when it is so severe, one of the things that they said last night was, honest to God, if if Sandy Hook didn't compel us to look and and really do something about guns in America. What's the killing of nine adults at a prayer meeting in Charleston going to do? If if the massacre of five and six-year-old kids by the score didn't us move forward in that because we're afraid of the NRA or afraid we're not going to get reelected, you know, does that really leave us now? The bad guys have killed part of us without ever shooting us. So, Anyhow, I guess that's my political rant for the night, man. Um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of sports things uh, that are supposed to be the escape from this. You look at morons with guns in the locker room, and the, and <laughs> like you said, we had them in the lockers, yeah, but that's where they stayed, Mark. And uh, you know, we we used to we used to be uh, in awe of guys that carried brass knuckles. Oh shit! Don't fight him, man. He's got brass knuckles <laughs> now. <laughs> Brass, give me them, man. Give me them before I shoot a hole in your brass knuckles, and and they can steal them from you. You know, knives have become very outdated. Guy, guys in my school, a couple guys had switchblades, man, and, and and that news traveled, and you did not f with them. If they wanted half your lunch, they got it because you, you got know, oh, crap. He's, now switchblade. <laughs> Some asshole brought a knife to a gunfight. You know, our teachers, our, our our first responders are at a real disadvantage. They go into these things where there's been this violence, or in you know, some of those kids in school are are armed and certainly capable of murder and are to carry guns. Our professors on campus are 
aren't allowed to carry guns, even though Virginia Tech happened. And you wonder, you know, my son went with a young lady who had been in the Columbine shooting. And I have video of her, Mark, walking out with her dad who was a cop. Her stepdad was a cop. And he was outside, and she was on the cell phone. And he could not go into that school to rescue his girl because of the guns that the Dylan Klebold and, and Harris had acquired for hunting. They were killing human beings. This girl could never go back to school. She had to get her GED. She was just 16 when it happened. And I happened to be watching the video that I'd started that day, that dark day in April, uh, when when Columbine occurred. And she was walking down. the. I, I saw her come out. Her name was Brandy. And I saw her walking out of this house. And the announcer said, oh, look at this poor, poor girl. She's covered in blood. And I'm thinking, they're not walking to an ambulance. They're, they're walking down the street. And she'd held somebody in their arms until he died and uh i asked her about it i said listen i have videotape i didn't know it was you you know it was a year after after it happened i said i happen to be going through this videotape brandy and it's you on there and if you want to if you want it i'll give it to you and she thought about it and she said uh, no i was there i don't need to see it again and uh it it basically ruined her life mark and uh at least it took her childhood from her you know the funnest times that she you're supposed to be able to have was was taken by somebody else you know so um you know sport shooting uh <laughs> by the way not not to, not to get way off have you seen the list of the new things they're they're thinking about for uh for the olympics as olympic sports they're, they're thinking of bringing back tug of war which used to be the big <laughs> event in the olympics was tug of war and they really are literally thinking about bringing back tug of war into the into the olympics as as a sport and baseball and softball and and those other things and i don't know i th- i i forget which they were talking about eliminating. Hopefully, it's like yacht racing. Yeah, I just don't think that to me qualifies as much of a sport. But uh, maybe if they take the gunfire out of the biathlon, it'll just be another ski race, you know. So. <laughs> okay. Well, that's about it, buddy. And uh, uh, Mark, as always, I appreciate what you do. And uh, there's good things in our future, man. That's we'll see something. you. Uh, uh, June twenty seventh, uh, pack the Mac, tough enough. It's free, it's and free. Uh, we'd like to see all our all our friends and fans there. Um, if you can play football, get out there to the, the Vegas Lions. Com. Uh, you can go to the the Vegas Lions uh, website or on Facebook and find out the details. They are not up right now. They're not up yet, so don't jump the gun, as they say. But uh, other than that, man, uh, going to see you at the NBA Summer League and and yep. Basketball USA when they come in. And uh, all things Las Vegas, man, it's happening. And if, if it's happening anywhere, it's happening here in Las Vegas. So That's right. Um, I guess it's about time to say bye, Mark. Goodbye. Next Kirk week. Kirk. <laughs> We're out of here from it's, good sports. Round three. <laughs> <laughs> See you at the bar, buddy. Yeah.